God is to your profit. Not your downfall. God loves you so much that uh, after your salvation, the next thing he gives to you is a man of God. Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Are you there? He says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Is it there? Are you there? Have you seen it? Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3 verse 15. All the books are finished though. Somebody should sponsor me to go and release another hundred copies of Koskano. So you have to spawn. You can say, oh, Prophet, I'm giving you a thousand CDs. Please use it to print more books. The books are finished. This is the last copy. They are finished. And, and a ministry in God also said they need about 50 of them. Hey. Amen. Are you there? Have you seen Jeremiah 3.15? And I will give you pastors according to my heart. Do you see there? Who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding? After your salvation, the second most important thing is a man of God. A man of God. Somebody say, a man of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10. Okay, let's start verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Please be quick. Ephesians 4, 11. Are you there? Is that, and he gave some apostles. These are the shepherds he's talking about. And I'll give them pastors. These are the shepherds he's talking about. And he gave some apostles... And some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. What were they supposed to do? Look at what he's talking about as the ministry of the shepherds. Okay? The ministry of men of God. He said, this is what men of God exist to do. For the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting of the saints means for making the saints come into maturity. Perfecting of the saints means making saints, making men out of babies. Making men out of babies. Making grown-ups out of tod toddlers. Look, when you come into Christ, usually you're a baby. You don't even know why you have to give. You don't know how to pray. You don't know, I mean, so many things. Somebody said, if he, he asked me a question, he said, you know, Pastor, I want to find out something. You know. I said, okay. He said, the Bible says that if you have something and somebody asks you, you have to, if you don't give, it is a sin. And I said, mm, I don't know, dear, but let me, ask, let me see why you are asking the question. And I said, why? He said, eh, um, you know, when I was in the world, I used to, you know, sleep with the brothers. And now, anyone who proposes to me and says they want to have sex with me, I feel like if I don't let them do it, um, I've, I've sinned against God. So I want to, and the person was being honest. 
Do you understand? So when you come into Christ as a baby, there are so many things you don't know. And that's why when you keep reading that verse, let me show you why. Look, I said for perfecting the sin. The word perfecting there means that the sins are being matured. They are being made to grow up. So the purpose of a prophet in your life is to make you grow up to be, pe be perfect, become a, a Christian. The word perfecting of a sin means you become like Christ, okay? So when you stand, they don't see the difference between you and Apostle Paul, you and Peter, you and James, you and John, you and Stephen. Are you with me? That's why in the, in the New Testament, you find out in the book of Acts that they elected seven people, Stephen and Philip and others. And the Bible says Philip became a major evangelist, but he was still called a, a shepherd or a deacon. A normal church member could preach and prophesy because the agenda had been fulfilled. So the purpose as a prophet, I'm supposed to raise you to become a prophet. I'm supposed to raise you to become an apostle. I'm supposed to raise you to become a man of God, not to just be a church member who is just seated in church. For instance, I've been able to write books. After teaching you for years, you're supposed to also write your own Christian literature. That is what it means to perfect the saint. Okay? Are you with me? Are we going? I have a very short time. To perfect the saints for the work of ministry. So the apostles and the evangelists and the pastors and the prophets and the teachers exist to perfect the saints for what? The work of the ministry. And for edifying the body of Christ. Now look at the, the verse 23. Till we all come in the unity of what? The faith. That means that when we are babies, we are divided. But when we grow, we become united. True unity is seen in true apostolic ministry. In the sense that true unity is seen when true unity is seen when Christians mature. When we mature, we overlook a lot of things. The reason why people are some people are saying, oh, trousers is a sin. Oh, and we don't believe in type is maturity. When we all mature, we find out that this thing, they are not important. Are you with me? When you mature, you find out that it's not trousers that takes a person to hell. It is rejecting Jesus as Lord and Savior. It is following Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting. They say, whoever does not wear trousers. Nowhere in the Bible does it say if you wear trousers, you go to hell. It is not in the Bible. And nowhere in the Bible does it say if you wear a wig, you go to hell. Or even if you don't dress well. In the Bible, the Bible teaches from Genesis to Revelation that what takes people to hell is rejection Jesus as Lord and Savior. So it is when we mature that we come to find out what truly Christianity is all about. Like when a person comes to Christ early, sometimes they feel like, oh, maybe I'm here because God is going to prosper me so that one day I can buy cars and houses. But when we mature, we realize that cars and houses are just things that are not too important or they are things that you can have them by not being a Christian. So you don't come to church because you want God to bless you to buy a car and have a house. Are you with me? So we mature. Then we come in the unity of the faith. And unto the knowledge of the Son of God. So the shepherd exists to make sure that you come into the unity of the, of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. You are supposed to be taught about Christ. You are supposed to be taught about Jesus, to be like Jesus. He said, that's how we say how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. We went about doing good and healing all. So we are teaching how to go about healing, doing good and healing all. That wherever you go, you are distinct. People see and say, hey, it's of mommy, it's of mommy, it's of mommy. Why are they not calling you a smoker? 
Why do you say we are we are say and say but they see you and they think you are of mommy? Why you doing say you are of mommy? Are you married to a pastor? So why are they calling you of mommy? It is a sign that they have seen Jesus Christ in you. Are you with me? Unto a perfect man. Unto a perfect man. People say, oh, people are not perfect. It's not true. God has a standard of perfection. The standard of perfection to God is when we come to look like Christ. It's when we follow Christ. The Bible says, be therefore holy before me. It means that you can be holy to before God and be unholy before men. While you are holy to God, other people think you are not holy. That's why a lot of outsiders are pointing, hey, because the word has a definition for perfection. The word has a definition for holiness. The word's definition of holiness is that um, you become an ice cream seller, like everyone, tolerate everything. Eh? Think about it one day we were here in this church. A man entered this church and wanted to tell us what we should do about the church. Yeah. Hey, you have to do this. You must do this. I'm talking to you. I, I silenced him immediately. Then the people were fixing the ceiling. One of them was saying, hey, are you supposed to do that? I said, eh? because that is the definition the world has for us. The world overlooks the fact that Jesus went to church and, and, and came people. They don't, they've never read that scripture in their Bible. They've never what? Read that. They've never read the power where Jesus said, go and buy source for your own protection. He was walking with Jesus and said, it is time for you to get sword for yourself. It is that sword that you, Peter used to cast somebody's ear. And Jesus didn't say, Peter, throw the sword away. He said, Peter, put the sword back where it belongs. Because one day another fool will try to do that. You cut his ear again. Uh, do you read it in your Bible? I said, first be a war. Put the sword where it belongs. He didn't say, throw it away. He was like, ah! Peter, what have you done? Hey, you're disgracing me. Am I not a, a peacemaker? Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to divide. So I'm saying that the perfection of God, to become a perfect man to God, eh, to the world may be a sign of imperfection. Because the world's definition of perfection to the, is different from what God defines as perfection. God's definition of perfection means to love him and to follow him, to serve him. If you are serving God, then you are perfect. No matter what, what is going on. If you are serving God, you love God, you are obeying God, you are perfect. But the world doesn't see perfection as that. They see perfection as a different thing. So don't be one of those who say no one is perfect, no one is perfect. The Bible doesn't teach that. I've read just two scriptures and he has repeated perfect, perfect twice. Have you seen it there? Yes. And the word perfect here, I'm talking about, the word perfect means complete, complete, mature. I'm looking for something and I'm, 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 I'm almost there. Hey, where am I? Yeah. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, look at verse 14. That we henceforth, he said, now that you have been perfected, the perfecting of the saints, now that you have come to the knowledge of the Son of God, now that you have been, you are, you are doing the work of ministry, now that you have been edified, he said, now therefore, we henceforth be no more what? Children. We no more be what? Children. It means the moment you come to Christ as a, as a newborn, you are already a newborn. You don't know how to talk. You don't even know how to pray. Someone, a radio, someone on radio is telling you tongues is a demonic language already. 
Because you're a baby and sometimes you get tossed about. When I was, when I was born many years ago, I heard a, a radio preacher say tongues is demonic and I didn't want to speak in tongues because I was afraid. He said it's a demonic language. Until I started, grew up and I, ah, no, it's in the Bible. Paul said I speak tongues more than all of you. So I found out that no, 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 this thing is true. This thing is real. I found out this thing, I didn't learn it. We don't learn tongues. It's not something somebody writes on the board and says, learn it. Mindo, Zunga, Vegas, Giva, Randy, Bolo, Baga, Zigadaya. It is a heavily lonely language. God gives to us to pray. God gives to us what? To pray. In my book, The Maker of Men, it is there. I, I've dealt a whole, about two chapters or so on, on, on that. But I didn't know. So when I heard someone on radio saying it, I was afraid. I felt, hey, so I've been talking to the devil all this time. And I thought I was talking to God. So Paul is saying, since therefore we be no more children. And look at what children are. He said, tossed to and fro. Children are led by anything. Someone can even meet a child in town and just hold it. Say, I'm leading you to your mother and he'll just follow. That's why they're able to kidnap children easily. Are you with me? Because children, anyone can lead them. Anyone can give them any food. Anyone can mislead them. Anyone can handle them. He said, the reason God is giving you a man of God is so that you don't be a child in the things of God. Not a child in life, oh, a child in the things of God and a child in the agenda of God. Because you can be 30 years and still be a child in the sight of, of, of God's kingdom. You don't know anything about spirituality. You don't know anything about God. You are still a child. Even life, there are people who are 40 years, they don't know much about life. Because he said, children are tossed what? To and fro. They are tossed what? To and fro. To and fro means, yeah, you are just going and coming. They have no stability. You are not stable. What does your version say? The same thing. Yeah, to and fro. To and fro is like, have you seen the seesaw? Seesaw, that's to and fro. Seesaw. To and fro. Seesaw, to and fro. Today somebody's telling you, oh, pastors are teasing. It's true. Me cry. Then the next day, pastors are very important. Say, uh, it's true. And then, so today you are criticizing God. The next day you love God. Today you are criticizing a preacher. The next day you are saying, oh, Lord, I love you. Today you are fighting God because you failed exam. The next day you are loving, oh, Lord, I love you. Because you pass an exam, you are still a child. Tossed to and fro. So when things are good, uh huh. You are easy to be confused. To and fro. You see that to and fro, you are tossed to and fro. So when things are good for you, you love God. You are in church. I had a church member like but he's no more in our church again. He comes to church when things are good. When things are not good, you meet him. Things are not fine. When things are good, he's in church. That's a to and fro. He's still a baby. But this person is grown. So he thinks he's, he's a grown up and he's a baby. He's tossed to and fro. He doesn't know all of us, even including preachers. Our lives are like that. Sometimes there are good things in our lives. Sometimes there are bad things. Sometimes we have so much money. Sometimes we don't have money. That's how it is. Everyone, including Nanado. Sometimes he has plenty of money. Sometimes he has no money. Include all the richest people you know in the world. They are like that. Life is ups and down. If not, why would Bill Gates go through a divorce? Life is like that. It's to and fro. It's, it's, it's up and down. But when you mature, you become like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. God wants you to be planted, not be going to and fro. Because if you are taken to and fro, how will you be planted? Think about a tree that has been planted today. One month later, you are two. 
next month you talk with your Saturday and everything. Even if free, and this is why God gives us what? Give us what? Pastors, tossed to and fro, carried away by every wind of doctrine. Carried away by what? Every wind of doctrine. The word doctrine there means teaching. Every wind of teaching, anything that anyone teaches that is not even true, you just carry it away. Because you are still not what? Perfected. You are still not what? Matured. Okay? Are you with me? But when you mature, it's not every message that you take. No matter who is saying it. When you know how to study the Bible for yourself, you know when a preacher, the thing he says, he's just saying his personal opinion or he's saying the word of God. And there are certain things I hold on to, to today that 90% of preachers I know do not hold on to them. But I've seen it in scripture and I believe it. The fact that you don't believe, so today people, many even preachers believe that manna doesn't come from heaven again. Many preachers believe, so today believe that, that God does not give people money for free. But in the Bible, Throughout the Bible, God guarantees that by obeying him, he is going to take care of our physical needs throughout the Bible. Physical needs, not by working. So when you are working as a, as a, a Christian, you are a doctor, you are a nurse, it is just a bonus to become more richer. But the world has taught us that that is actually the only source of living. So we call it, oh, my livelihood, what is your livelihood? My livelihood is what? Is I'm a teacher. But scripture doesn't teach that our livelihood is the work the world employs us to do. What, what was Elijah's livelihood? But bears brought him food. God took the people of Israel out of captivity for 40 days, 40 years instead. 40 years they were in the wilderness and God fed them for 40 years. None of them worked. None of them worked. And he fed them. Let me ask you a question. When you were just a student and you were not working, was someone not taking care of you? Was someone not giving you money? It is when you started working that your, your, your mindset changed that now. I don't need anyone to take care of me again. I don't need anyone to help me again. It is a mindset. So by the time a man is 80, 18 years old, he already has the mindset that now no one will help me again. I need to help myself. And by the time he's 20 years, God now, God is not hindered from helping him by bringing him things he does not work for. Even though he's a Christian. Even though he's spiritual. And the reason is simply because the man has told himself that before I can get anything, I must work for it with my strength. But the Bible says that it is not he that wills, nor he that runs. It is God that showed mercy. And I still hold on to that conviction. I believe you can build without working. I believe you can live without working. I believe you can advance in life without working. By working, I mean without working for the government, without being employed into some company. That's what I mean. Because, listen, reading the Bible is work. Obeying God is work. Evangelism is work. Prayer is work. Loving God is a work. It's called the work of ministry. It's work. And that is what God employs us to do. And Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father, what? Hallowed be the way. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm saying that this thing I'm saying, a lot of preachers don't believe God gives them daily bread. 
So because they went to school and learned psychology and philosophy, now they said that what? Master, one year juba whatever. And they have made a lot of people in church come to a point where they have lost trust in God for providing their needs. And now their trust is in the work they do. So by the end of the month, they will be taking 2,000 cities, but they find that the 2,000 cities are unable to do anything for them. And now they are becoming frustrated because they've been grown and been taught to believe that if you don't work for government, you are not taking a certain amount of money you cannot make it in life. Every wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine. I heard a preacher say, no man can ever live with one woman. I heard a preacher, a preacher say it with conviction. That every man, he said, even all the fathers, they are just hiding it. They've all slept behind their backs, their wives' back. They've all had sex with other women. Just like they have not come out, that's why we, we don't know. Every man. So you hear that and it enters your ear. You feel like, oh, that's, is that the case? Because you can even look around and find out that even the people you admire as your mentors, some of them have gone behind their wives. It's not true. And so it may serve as a standard for you to feel like, oh, if that's the case, then me too. And the devil will now use that as a pothole to enter or a loophole to enter your life and sow a seed of adultery. So when the time comes and Satan is tempting you to fall into adultery, you also fall because your mind has already told you that, oh, that my father didn't he go out and sleep with one of his singers. And say yes, before you realize you have already fallen into adultery and you have a side check. You had a side check not because the word of God commanded you, but because you were moved by a wind of doctrine. Am I teaching good? Yeah. Every wind of doctrine. These days there are so many teachings going on out there. So many teachings. So many, how many? So many. So many strange doctrines going on out there. But when you mature, eh, all those things will not move you. They will not move you. You will be able to diagnose and notice that this man is saying it's just uh, something he learned in, in philosophy. Like the law of karma. The law of karma is not scriptural. It's not even biblical. It doesn't exist. The fact that whatsoever a man so he shall read does not mean it's the law of karma. It's not the law of karma. Because the law of karma, there are about seven of them. And most of them are, are seriously demonic. Because they are Hinduism or Buddhism, one of them. It comes from Buddhism, eh? Yeah. Listen, a woman, let me tell you this. The reason the law of karma is not in the kingdom is because in the kingdom, there is something we call the mercy of God. That a man can misbehave and God will still have mercy and no pay him for his sins. That is why we will go to heaven. Not because we are not sinners, but because... Because someone has decided to have mercy on me to save me. Are you following what I'm saying? So a person can misbehave or do something that he has to pay for his dear sins, pay for his mistakes. But then, by one single act, God decides to say that all the mistakes you have made, I have forgiven you and I have restored you. Now walk in wealth. Now where would the law of karma be? For instance, this sister may insult me behind my back and I will arrest her. This sister will insult me behind my back and I say, oh, I'll forgive you. Not that I like this sister more than this way, but the day that this sister insulted me, I was in a good mood, so I forgive the person. Is that law of karma? 
Haven't you seen it happening all over the place? Have you not forgiven people who, who did things to you? Did you pay them back? No. That's a, a wind of doctrine. And pastors believe it. You may hear that oh, the law of karma. It's ignorance. It's ignorance. Maybe it's me or we have gone home. You are here. And the slate of men, when we say slate of men or slight of men, we are talking about cunning craftiness, deceitfulness. These days, there's so much deceitfulness behind the puppet. Demonic strategy, wisdom, some, some things that look like wisdom, but they are not wisdom. They are deceitfulness, cunningness, merchandise. Are you with me? Cunning strategies. When you are not matured, even when you are with a froster, you will not know. A froster, you will not know. Cunning strategies. Where are we? Verse what? Verse what? Verse what? Verse 14. Uh -huh. And cunning craftiness, whereby the lying wait to deceit. Deceive. Do you see there? But speaking truth in love may grow up into him in all things which are the head, even Christ. Amen. So all these things we have learned is talking about the importance of a man of God. Okay? Are you with me? Now let's look at how to honor a man of God. Point one. In the next edition, we have to put this part in it. That's why it is recording. Reduction of it. You honor a man of God by speaking well of him. By speaking well of him. Listen. Everywhere you go, people are speaking bad, bad things against men of God. And most of the people are speaking bad, bad things against men of God. Eh? Are people that the men of God's ministries have not blessed. And some of them too, their ministries have been blessed, but... It is a day that they were offended. Maybe a sophony idea, a year or more, and they had to capitalize on it to do them bad. Look, a lot of people say bad things about me. A lot of them too have been very good to them. Very, very good to them. But because of human mistakes and our own shortcomings, people are prone to criticize pastors and criticize men of God for things that don't actually matter. And we are living in a generation where on all over social media, people are finding force with Christians, finding force with men of God. Just recently, when Cecilia Mafo went and sang that song, all over social media, including Christians, were posting and laughing at her. But this is the same person about four years ago. They were so blessed by her ministry and blessed by her song. Everywhere you go, Afunu Wubei. And then they were saying, Mahuma, Wei Miefi, Mapo Martinavia, my audition. Audition, Kronkra Media, dear. And wherever you go, even in taxis, they are playing her worship songs. Powerful ones. And the same people today on social media, they are laughing at somebody whose life has been an impact to the whole nation. Because we live in an ungrateful generation. An ungrateful generation. An ungrateful generation. That's why I don't get surprised when the same people I'm doing good to go behind my back and say bad, bad things about me and they do bad things against me. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm admonishing you today that speak well of men of God. 
I've told people that anyone that you hear that's a man of God, the moment somebody comes and says, I'm pastor so-and-so, just give them the respect that they need. You may have never heard them preach, but honor them. Respect them. Because the way you treat another man of God is a sign of how you treat me in your heart. Even though every time you're around me, oh, Papa, hey, baby, oh, I love you, hey, baby. But the way you treat another man of God, it tells the state of your heart. That you don't respect me, you are just pretending around me. So I'm teaching as a church, church, that, listen, honor all men of God. Speak well of them. Speak well of them. When these orangus left Bishop Dag and they were saying all bad, bad things, some people also joined, including the young ministers. They joined. They were saying things. I see Bishop Dag had done something wrong, but because people were offended, they left. I mean, when I heard it, I, I said, no, no, I won't be one of those people. I will not speak bad about Bishop Darkibon Mills. I'm going to speak good about him. Listen, you honor a man by speaking good about him in his presence and out of his presence. In his presence and out of his presence. When he's not with you, when you speak good about him, it's a sign that you honor him. And nobody, nobody again, I hear people, some people come around me and say, Prophet, thank you so much. In fact, you are always honoring me because even when I'm not there, I hear people come to me and say, Prophet Micah said this good thing about you. Prophet Micah said this good, good thing about you. Because it is how I honor people by speaking good about them behind their back. I mean, I'm not a hypocrite. And if I don't like you, I don't like you. But I will not smile to you and frown behind your back. I don't do those things. I don't care who you are. If I, I will either keep quiet because I've told you that sometimes your honor is your audacity. So if I, if I, your dishonor is your audacity, when you, you, you express certain sense of disinterest in a certain way to certain people, it's a sign you dishonor them. And sometimes when you're quiet, it's a sign of dishonor them. So you have to learn to balance it. If I don't like you, I just tell you I don't like you, master. I will not pretend to you. I will not pretend to you. Then I'll be bowing down and smiling and making it look like I respect you. Then behind your back, I say, I won't do that. I either respect you or I don't. And I'm saying you honor a man of God by doing what? By speaking well of him. Amen. Amen. Point two. You honor a man of God by giving him your substance. You honor a man of God by giving him your substance. Galatians 6.6. 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. The word communicated there is koinonio. It means to share. It means to share. It means to participate. Participate. That's why if I'm doing any good thing, I expect that you who is being taught in the word, you must also come and be a part of the good thing that I'm doing. That's what it means, oh. And that is why when God blesses you to have a good thing, I must also become a part of it. I must enjoy it. If God gives you a car, I must enjoy that car one day. Yeah. If God gives you a house, I must have a room in the house because I'm your pastor. I'm your teacher. And those of you who are also listening to me on social media, uh, on, on, on Telegram, and you are being blessed on Telegram and probably by my means, every good thing you have, I'm supposed to be a part of it. So please, make sure you send me your seeds and your offerings. Yeah. The number is 55 Send it. 
Because if you, are being, if you are benefiting and you are being blessed by my ministry, the Bible says that you should share every good thing, every good thing with your teacher. I am your teacher. I expect to get a good thing. I say, you honor a man of God by giving him your substance. Your substance. We are always standing before you, talking, praying for you, counseling you. In all hours, we are there running errands for you. I mean, sometimes we have to count. Just, 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 just yesterday, I had some people paid me a visit. I asked them to come home because they were having some issues in their marriage. And I sat them down. We spoke for about four hours. I mean, I, I, in quotes, in quotes, in quotes, okay? I wasted four hours of my time. Then these people, God will bless them and they will forget me. That is what happens in ministry. I can tell you that over and over again, there are people who are married because of us. There are people who have started big, big businesses because of us. Because of a man of God they decided to listen to. And now that they have a big business, not even their tithe is coming to the, the ministry. Not even their tithe. If you have been blessed by my ministry, where is my honor? Where is my honor? Just look around, and I'm saying this to all the sons that are also going to listen to this message. What is the thing that I have in my life that you gave it to me? Ask yourself. You say you're a son. Where is a thing? You have worked with me for three years. Show me one thing I owe that you gave it to me. It's a sign of your honor in my life. If there's nothing, if there's nothing in my life that I had it because you gave it to me, you don't honor me well. You got to listen. It is not enough for you to speak well of a person. You must also give. Because in your giving, you are truly showing a, a higher sense and a higher form of honor. A higher form. I told you levels of honor, right? Yeah. Giving your substance. That is why every man of God knows the people who truly honor him. By the people who treat him with a certain sense of agency in how they give to him. In how they give to him. In how they give to him. There are some people I've told myself, I will never let them have something that, that is some way. I mean, I'm a man of God that I love, I follow. I've seen with some rocketed shoe. And I have a better shoe. I won't give him my shoe. I'll get him a shoe. Are you with me? Yeah. Because he says communicate with him all good things. Communicate with him all good things. All good things. All good things. So anything that is good in your life must be communicated to him. It must be shared to him. It's, a sign. it's not just because you are looking for a blessing. It is a sign of honor. Sign of honor. And I shared a story. Here. When you get the book, you can read it. Hey. I think I've jumped. Point three. Point three. 
You honor a man of God by serving him. By serving him. And I said, service is not a way to greatness. It is greatness. The greatest man who ever lived, biblically and historically, is Jesus. And it is documented that he came to save men. Listen, the greatest people, the greatest person who ever lived is Jesus. Historically and biblically. History has proven that Jesus is the greatest person who ever lived the greatest. He has more followers than any other person who ever lived. And do you know the interesting thing? The Bible says he came to save. What is the lesson we learn here? That service is greatness. You save a man of God by running errands for him. Running errands. There are some people that don't want to run errands for any man of God. Look, me, anytime I call you, know that I'm calling you to do something for me. I don't do, I don't call. If you see my call, if you have a missed call of me, means I'm calling you to send you. I'm calling you to ask you for something. Is it not true? Have I ever called you because I've made someone catch it? Have, have I ever called you like that before? Listen, when you run errands for a man of God, you are honoring him. Are you with me? You run errands. You are, you are honoring the man of God. When you help him in doing something, you are honoring him. You are serving him. And in serving him, you are honoring him. So you honor a man of God by serving him. The Bible says Joshua served uh, Moses. Elijah served, Elisha served Elijah. The disciples served Jesus. Mark, John Mark served Apostle Paul. Who are you serving? Who are you serving? You serve a man of God by doing things for him. Maybe you can have a man of God living in your house. There's a pastor living in your house. You can cook for him if he wants. You can try. You'll find out that he's not married. He doesn't even have a girlfriend. You can decide that all. You and your mother, your family decide that every day when you cook, you add into your food, your list of food. And I'm telling you that your family will never, you may think that you're adding an extra mouth to your, your food which doesn't and soon. But you'll be shocked how for a whole year, you'll be able to feed him. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. When I was in Brecon, I lived with Edgar when I was in Brecon. We lived in the same room. Two people decided they were going to feed us every day. And they were also students like us. Who were also, I mean, they didn't have much on them. So one day they said, oh, Papa, I want to feed you every day. I look at them and I say, hey, are you sure you can do this? You are doing every day. Do you know every day? Two, I got come and stand here. Look at these two individuals. Do you think that we are just, you can feed us every day? But do you know the interesting thing? They fed us for a whole year. 
every day. And the interesting thing was that eh? they even one of them even testified. Please, you can have a seat. They testified about it when we went for one family meeting. That it shocked them to note that the moment they decided to start to start doing that, every week people gave them money, full staffs, not because they were teachers. Oh, because teachers people don't give them food these days. That's you know, like strangers. Every week someone would take a motorbike and come to that and. Was it the headmaster or something said that he was going to give them an amount of money every week? And they said they knew God was giving to them so that they will have enough to feed us. And I'm telling you, church, if God gives you the opportunity of having a pastor in your house, treat him differently. It could be that you have siblings, you are six in number, and one of you is a man of God, treat him differently. You may even be the elder brother, but I'm telling you, if you want to change your destiny, serve your brother. Serve your, elder, your younger brother. He may be a man, if he's a man of God, decide to wash his clothes for him. Decide to cook for him. Even though he's your younger brother. Are you listening to me? I'm teaching a very important thing that this world has neglected and forgotten. This is an ancient mystery that if you do it, it will change your life like a joke. Decide that even though I'm the eldest, I will serve my younger sister because I know my younger sister has a call of God on her life. I will wash your clothes for you. If they, even sometimes your, your elder brother or your sister may try to send me, say, no, I will do it for you because for your suffering, I won't allow you to do this to me. I'm going to save him. Then watch what will happen to your life. Watch what will happen. He may never pray for you, but your life, eh? in life, Serve till you die. I'm telling you this. I have seen it in the lives of many people who have said preachers with a good heart, not with a heart of pretense. I saw them and everywhere they went. I saw a difference. I saw a difference. And all people that have truly served me, I have seen a difference in their lives. And all people I've seen who have served men of God, I've seen a difference. People who drive pastors around. I mean, he has his own car. Is that every time I'm going to drive the pastor, I always come and drive. I've seen them. And listen, most of these photo, you see, one of these things, I know that some of them may listen to me, these media people. One of the main reasons why all, almost all these media guys don't go far is because they don't want to serve pastors. They don't want to serve men of that's why they don't go far. They don't go far. That's why they don't go far. Because every time they want to work with you, they are tying it to money. Even when they are working for you with something that I can, do you know that, that I work with people with something that's as less as 50 cities. They still say, Papa, I'm waiting for the money to come. And I said, me, I'm not, me, I, I, there's no one that I will, I will live with that me, I'll decide to. If you have to be paid, I'll pay you. It's something that I do. I don't do those things like, oh, you must work for me for free. No, I don't do that. But I found out that uh, most of those guys never work for a man of God for free. They always, and you find them going behind your back and, and complaining that, hey, when I work for this prophet, cry, no, he didn't give me, do you know he didn't give me anything? No? Do you know he didn't give me anything? No? But the same person, you are doing weddings and capturing a lot of people just by serving one man of God and not time money to wait. You still cannot do it. can't do it. 
When Mr. Kodria started doing photography, it is something he decided that he was going to do. Save preachers. And my man, I can say I'm the one he has really, really saved. Among all the preachers that are around, the one he has worked for more than any other pastor. Done videos for me as far back as 2018. And he's not the one I started working with. I started working with a guy, another guy. His, his heart for money blinded him against God's grace of my life. But I saw how I worked with every picture he took with me, it was free of charge. And at that time, I'm sure he had no ambition for church. No ambition. Even though he was a minister, all right, but he had no ambition. I know it. Every picture, every video, he could travel and come and meet me to take pictures, travel, go and meet people. And all those things today, I've seen him. He has just started his church. His church is less than a year old. And if I tell you the finger of God on his ministry, you'll be surprised. It is not just by mistake. And his own colleagues that are also doing the media, they are still battered and tattered and they are still struggling in their media work because they don't understand what it means to save an anointed man. You think that if you are capturing a wedding, you are capturing a wedding of a man of God, it's the same as capturing a wedding of a wee smoker. That's why on my wedding day, I was chatting with a, a, a media guy and he asked me, will you want this guy to? I said, no, 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 because I don't work with people who want to tie money to it. Because I've decided that anyone who come and capture my wedding, I won't pay him. So if you won't come and capture, then I don't want anyone to come and capture. When I'm doing this, I don't pay anyone for serving with me. No human being serves with me and I pay them. I don't pay anyone. No picture, no videographer, nobody. There's nobody I pay. That's why these instrumentalists that come around us, that are always time money to it. That's why they, I mean, there's none, there's no person that would tie money to my relationship that I will ever sacrifice any big thing for. Because I've already finished paying. After I finish paying you, do I owe you again? Have you ever, I mean, the people that work for you and you pay them, do you? That's why the government doesn't care about teachers and care about the people they employ because the moment they finish paying you, they think there's, there's no obligation of any sense of responsibility over you again. Are you with me or you have gone home to take tea? Am I teaching an important thing? Or it's higher. Is it higher? So I let when you come to my house and come and do anything for me, don't expect money. Because money is not a thing. Because in the future I may give you a house. And the house I'll give to you a your own mates you have gone to school with. They may never be able to build it all their lives. And I don't know, maybe it may not be a house, but I may recommend you. I may do something. Or I may just pray. I may never even give you anything in your lifetime. But the blessing that may come on your life for saving me will be far better than all your colleagues. That is what you must look for in saving the man of God. Not money. But I'm not saying that we will not give you money. Me, I'm the kind of, I'm always giving people money. But money should not be the tying knot to saving a man of God. That's what I'm saying.
must have seen that his heart towards service to men of God is strange. He doesn't have much, but that guy, if he doesn't become greater, then the Bible we are preaching is fake. I don't care what he's doing with his life. You can't save an anointing and be the same. You can't. You can't. You can't. You cannot save an anointing and be the same. You can't. I'm just praying that people will not go and talk him out and say, this pastor, this pastor. Master, you do know how much a camera is. We know how much a camera is. We know it is 7,000 cities. You know? We know it is 7,000 cities. You think we don't know? We know, it. We know a camera is 7,000 cities. We know. We know the price of a softbox. We know. We know the price of a prime lens and a zoom lens. We know. We know the price of triggers. We know. We know the, pri- the price of lights. Speed lights. All those things we know. We know. But try it. Try and save a man of God with your gift. You are a singer. Try and save a man of God with your, with your gift. And see. And say, man of God, that every time I come to sing for you, I don't want money. Just, 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 just. I don't want to tie anything to you. To it. And see. And see what God will become, what will become out of your life. Am I talking to you? My time is almost up. I think this is even up. But I need to hammer on this because we are living in a generation where people feel like if they are serving a man of God, money must be tied to it. by obeying him. Obey his ways. I told him I got married. He married. He has honored me. I told another son, Mary, he was complacent about me. I need so many money. Right? So he has dishonored me. And so today he's not married. Point five. You honor a man of God by celebrating him. That's why in our ministry we have AFM week. Celebrating a man and his ministry. We are going to have it. Tell, tell, tell. And people get angry about what Mr. People are like, hey, what is the, what is the, what is now? But now, even many ministries have now copied him. Many ministries, including even in Nigeria, even in Accra. But we started, there were a few ministries that were doing that the whole week. The whole week. Celebrating a man and his ministry. We even this, and now we even beginning the first of, of September honor. And I'm telling you that uh, until we teach honor, people will not want to walk in it. People will take men of God for granted. They will take people they should honor for granted. I'm telling you that a man of God is to your own prophet. You must learn to celebrate him for being different. Think about it that you post me on your status and your your, your, your teacher eh, 
your teacher or your JHS teacher or some teacher in primary school also has your contact. Is that, hey, why are you only posting him every day? And I want to impose to one. I will grow up with my mommy called Chires and Saman Parson. What I'm imposing to you just think about my importance in your life eh? and over these years and how my life has been a blessing to you then you are celebrating me and somebody feels like you are overdoing it because the person wants you to rather do it for them because on their birthday you just post and say oh happy birthday to you God bless you may God help you because you you haven't been anything much to my life do you expect me to write a whole thesis for you what have you done Minister, what did I make an answer? You haven't done anything you expect. Teases and then um, what else? And some special treatment. And when, what, what have you done in my life? I mean, where is your impact? Who, have, who has your life impacted? How many people can stand and say, you, your life has impacted them? And you expect a special, a special treatment. Listen. Learn to honor men of God by celebrating them. Not only on their birthdays, celebrate them every time. Every time. Celebrate them every time. Because I said, to celebrate a man of God means to put special time aside to honor a man. Okay? Put special time aside to honor a man. It's a form of celebration. When I build my house, I come to my house, there'll be a special place where you come and see nice pictures of men of God that I honor in a special way. And I'll show you how it is so that you copy it and do it in your house. You come in, I will let them do the wall and they'll do it inside the wall. Yeah. So this wall like this, they'll do it inside. It's not like a double so it will be in the wall. Pictures will be I've never seen anyone do it, but I've seen it in the spirit, and I will let them do it. They will do it inside the wall. So, when they do the wall, they will cut spaces there like that, and they'll fix their distances. And we'll let them do it and print it and make a glass and fix it inside the wall. And when you come to my house and you're walking, you come into the eye, you start seeing. has not blessed anyone but you want to be celebrated that's why on your birthday you go and take photo shoot and you start sending to people please post me tomorrow okay please post me tomorrow of us on our birthday we don't take any pictures we don't take any pictures for our birthdays but people can still go and pull out many 500 pictures to post because of impact because of what impact if you want to be celebrated you must be a man of impact Stop fooling around and making it. Who are these people that every day are posting them? Who are these people? Do you think people are foolish? To just be talking about one person or talking about a man of God. Do you think people are foolish? One time somebody, hey, who is this apostle? Johnson Selman. Everyone is just, I said, I said, hey. Do you think that people are just nobodies that 
as far as Ghana, their ministry will be so wild and radical here that people will still be celebrated as far as Ghana. And you think they are just ordinary people? Do you know the number of people their messages have changed? Do you know people's business were at the verge of collapsing that just one message changed their businesses? Now you think about me as I'm here, that all the number of people my ministry has blessed one way or the other. That's why when I'm celebrating my birthday, you see it's like a, a whole everywhere over the place. Strange, even people you don't know. Suddenly you see them, they are putting their writing teeth. The reason is simply because of maybe something that my ministry did for them. Just two days ago, somebody came with a, something I've forgotten. I think it was a name. It was a guy. You told me about um, one of your cases or something. And he said, Wabong was a day. Usiadi Enko was a day. the story. It was on Edgar's wedding or something that he was telling me. You understand? This, this person that I'm talking about, if this person is given the opportunity to celebrate me, you may think that they have been stupid, but you don't know the impact my life has made in their lives. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And there are more people all over the place. All over the place that one way or the every now and then I keep getting people sliding into my DM. Your message, this your message, this your write-up. Somebody had to call me the day I posted that when people do me bad, I don't do them bad because of them, but I do it for my sake. A, a man of God sent me, he was crying on the phone. I, I called him when we we're taking the pictures on the Saturday. You see, I was making a call. When we he was the one I was trying to, he was crying before. He said that post, it was like a healing to him. Because he found out that he had been good to a lot of church members, they have betrayed him, and he felt like doing it back to them. And when he read it, and this is something I was just walking and it came to my line and I posted. But my, my writing has impacted somebody. And you think we are just playing around? We are not. So this is how to honor a man of God. Decide to be different. Decide to walk in honor in Jesus' name. Clap your hands for Jesus. Clap your hands for Jesus. And clap your hands for me.